Welcome to Mamas in Training, a podcast that gives new moms guidance and community from moms who have been there. I'm Jessica Lorian, a mama in training myself, so let's learn together all about this thing called motherhood. There's a lot of different compounding things that can happen, so if you have your plan A and plan B and plan C, that's really the best approach. I didn't do it when I was pregnant. I didn't think that giving formula was an option for me. I I prepared breastfeeding, I prepared by reading books and doing classes. And then I went through all the things, even though I talk about formula all day long, I'm like, I don't know if I wanna do XYZ brand versus another brand. So I was in the same place and you just don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time and resources to figure it out. So that's where a lot of this worry and guilt comes in. Have you heard of or felt shame around formula feeding? Many of us go into motherhood expecting to breastfeed, but when it doesn't go so smoothly, it's not enough sustenance, or it's just not an option, we have to turn to formula. While there's tons of information and resources out there for breastfeeding, there seems to be a huge cloud of shame and guilt around formula feeding. My guest today, Erin Moore, is a nurse practitioner, lactation counselor, formula enthusiast, and of course, a mom. And together, we encourage women to educate yourself on formula before even giving birth, so that if that time comes, it's just the next step. Erin provides the information we need to feel confident in our decisions that whatever nourishes your baby is what is best. Here's Erin. I've been a nurse for 11 years now and a nurse practitioner for six. And I work in pediatrics, so I've always like loved working with kids. I had my first baby in 2020, in January, right before the pandemic hit. And mm. I felt, I actually was just laughing about it with my husband today because I said, oh, pregnancy was really hard, but I got this motherhood thing down. Like I, I got it. <laughs> I got this. I know. Um, I know all the things, so I'm good. Yeah. Um, but, but it just wasn't like that, right? Everything that I thought I knew, I didn't know. And one of the big things um, that I struggled with was figuring out the baby feeding. So mm. um, we exclusively breastfed. And I thought it was going great. And then just as we were going into our weight checks, his, uh, my baby's weight was going down and down uh. and down. However, I'm like, okay, well, I'm in this lactation course and I'm a nurse practitioner and there are reasons, right? I'm just not responding to the pump. I'm just not, yeah. you know, there, there are a hundred different things that can happen. And I just didn't see that, hey, I didn't really have the supply to keep up with my baby, but even knowing that I wasn't nourishing my baby in the way that he needed it, I felt such pressure to breastfeed um, mm -hmm. and then such guilt that formula didn't even cross my mind. I'm just like, no, I'm just going to pump all the time and I'm just going to take all the supplements and increase my supply and wake up in the middle of the night and do all these things. And it just didn't it didn't work. And yeah. he went down from the 50th percentile at um, birth to the 10th percentile. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even see it. And I'm, I'm a nurse practitioner. I was doing lactation and I didn't right. even see it. So um, even then I didn't use formula. 
um, I'm like, oh, we're starting solids, so it's okay. I'm just going to give him solids because I just don't feel like this is this is what's right for us to use formula. And finally, my baby um, had such a bottle preference and went on a nursing strike. And I'm like, okay, clearly he's telling me something. Yeah. And we started giving formula, and a huge, huge weight was just lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was finally nourishing my baby. And I'm like, man, I just wish I would have started sooner. Mm-hmm. And I'm a person that tells people about formula all the time, right? A year beforehand I did. And I still just couldn't do it myself. And I think that's a very, very common feeling to have a lot of guilt. And and then not only was I feeling guilty, but I was also feeling very embarrassed because I do lactation and mm-hmm. I'm a nurse practitioner and I still couldn't figure it out myself. So once we got over the hump and he turned one, I, I'm like, I, I got to do something about this. I have to tell other women that, you know, this is okay. This is the most common way that people feed their babies is either yeah. combination feeding with breast milk and formula or just formula feeding. This mm-hmm. happens to many women and many women experience it. And um, I'm just hoping to use my personal story to help decrease the stigma. Two things that I loved that you said there were regarding just entering motherhood. You were a nurse, you were in the lactation consultant environment day to day, but you still didn't feel like you were ready. There were still things that surprised you. And then that, that element that something that you were advocating for daily, you were not, you were still hesitant to dive into that. So that's what I want to do today. I want to really get through the, the shame, the guilt, clarify some things for people, because I know that a majority of the information that I see out there, the podcast episodes that I see out there are centered a lot around breastfeeding and breastfeeding is absolutely a wonderful and beautiful thing. But I think the key to the work that you do, and you even say on Instagram, you entitle yourself as baby feeding. And there was one time I was even doing a little research on you and I saw baby feeding and my subconscious just started typing breastfeeding. And then I was like, I can't find Erin. Where is she? Like, where is her Instagram? And then I said, oh, wait a minute. It's baby feeding. And I'm sure that that word is very specifically chosen. And so that's what we're going to do today. I wanted to share that I pulled my audience to get some information uh, from them about how they feel about all of this. And 86% of my audience, which I'm sure that this is the same for the whole world, if not even higher, said that they planned to breastfeed. And 61% were scared to use formula. Some of those hesitations were cost. They were unsure of the ingredients, or some even said that they were awful ingredients. They were worried about gas for the baby. Sugar content was a huge thing. Chemicals, having oral issues with bottles. So today we're going to attack all of this stuff. And I also want to highlight some of the positive things. Like some of people had even mentioned that they needed to do it for their babies because of allergies. And they even mentioned that dad had an opportunity to now bond with baby because they were able to do some feeding. And, and this isn't to say that you could put breast milk into a bottle and have that time with dad as well, but I'm, I'm just so excited to dive into this with you. And one thing that I want to point out is Erin has this amazing baby formula guide that I'll link in the show notes, which goes over everything that we're talking about today. So you can definitely check that out. But first of all, 
where do we begin with formula? So not even diving into the shame and the question and the guilt and all of that yet, but we have an inkling that formula is what we might need, or we've been told that there's no other choice but formula. Where do we begin? I think that when we're pregnant, we all go into it thinking that we are going to breastfeed. So we take breastfeeding courses and we, we think and we hear about all the beautiful and wonderful things breastfeeding is going to be. However, even though this can happen, it's not always the case. Sometimes breastfeeding is really hard to establish. Sometimes there are complications and sometimes there are reasons where you just cannot breastfeed. I feel like through education and through figuring out formula beforehand, we can relieve a lot of the guilt. However, the problem is, is that there can be, there are hundreds of lactation consultants and there are a lot of breastfeeding resources, but when it comes to formula, it's, yeah. it's like the second, like the stepchild, the evil stepchild yeah. or something. That's what it, that's what it treated like really that you don't really get any education about, or if you do a breastfeeding class, you might hear about it for a minute or two minutes or three minutes. It's just sort of like, choose something and then go with it. So there are good resources out there, but there aren't enough resources for how many babies end up using formula. There just aren't a lot of resources. And that's where I feel like a lot of the guilt and stigma against formula, you know, all of that stuff, it starts to creep and in the lack of education. It's all in this little package, right? Because mm -hmm. we're all told we have to do this one thing, but if that one thing doesn't work out, then we're left sort of in the dark. So you can start with your pediatrician, your pediatric provider, and they can give you guidance. But most of the time, if your baby is typically developing non-premature baby, they're going to say, just start with a formula. And if it works, you go for it. That's fine. Just keep on going. But then that leaves you a little bit like, oh, well, what if it doesn't work? Or what if there's gas? Or what if there's other issues? What if my baby doesn't tolerate it? Or we've heard about like cow's milk protein allergy. And that gives you a lot of like worry and work up because there isn't a lot of education out there. And the experts on formula are representatives from formula companies, right? So yes. there's no, there aren't a lot of people outside of the formula of being employed by the formula companies that are educating. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's a big issue. It's a big issue. So it's, it's a hard place to find somewhere to start. Not to mention there's different brands, there's different types, right? All the ingredients. Right. So, I mean, someone even mentioned being worried that their baby was going to be addicted to sugar at a young age. So Right. Where do we go then? You know, so we've been told, okay, this is what we need to do. We walk into a shelf or we do online research. How do we even know what's going to be the safest option? Right. And I think understanding what ingredients are in formula and that most formulas do not have sugar as an active ingredient, a standard cow milk formula uses lactose, which is just like breast milk as the carbohydrate source. And it is sweet, but that's what breast milk has. So most formulas don't have sugar. Now, when you start getting to the more sensitive formulas or the more broken down proteins, if babies can't tolerate just a regular standard cow milk formula, 
that's when we start seeing the other additives of the corn syrup solids, the maltodextrin or the sugar and formula. But you wouldn't necessarily know that. You would just look at your formula container where you're trying to pick it out and you're at the store and there's 50 different options and different brands and generics and you're trying to figure it out and you're looking, comparing labels and you're like, oh, this one has this one does not have sugar and this one does have sugar in it. Well, I don't really want to use one with sugar, so I'm going to push that to the side. But then you're then you go and you ask for help and then they say you need a sensitive and then you see sugar. It just it's this Vicious sort of like spiral. Yeah, right. A spiral downward, even though some babies do need sensitive formulas and sugar is a good alternative because it gives the baby a carb source that they need. So, so how hard. <laughs> Yeah. How did it work for you when your doctor first told you that, or you kept hearing that he wasn't gaining enough weight? Right. What did you do? How did you pick? So nobody ever told me I needed to use formula. And it's because I, I send my baby to my clinic and mm -hmm. I know these things. And I knew that he got to this percentile, but I kept rationalizing why why my issues were not the same as every other mother that I saw. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard to figure it out yourself. And so, you know, if I saw myself in clinic, I would have said, you need formula, right? At the very first appointment, at the two month appointment, when he was losing weight, I would say, we, we need to do something. We need to supplement. We need to figure this out. I was down the road at six months and I'm like, well, some babies just, you know, they dip a little bit and then they start solids or they, they, then they thrive. And that's really what happened actually. But when I was looking for formula myself, I didn't know what to pick. So I went to our formula, a lot of the pediatric offices, they get samples of formula. So I'm like, well, I'm going to choose one of these. So it's name brand formula. And it said on the label, most like breast milk. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing combination feeding. So I'm breastfeeding some and I'm giving formula. And this one says, I I chose it because there was this ingredient and, and it's like closest to breast milk. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll choose that one. And then I looked at the ingredients and I'm like, okay, no sugar looks like it's okay. I kind of understand what's going on here, what the carb source is. And so I started it and my baby refused and I was happy. I hate to say it, but I felt a lot of relief. He refused the bottle and I was like, okay, my baby chose me, right? My baby only needs what I want, what I'm providing. And he doesn't want formula. He hates it. And that was like a short fleeting thought. And then it was like, it was panic. It was panic because mm -hmm. I was worried that I was not going to be able to feed my baby and my baby wasn't going to be thriving like he needed to thrive. Thank you for that vulnerability in that. I think yeah. that not everyone would want to admit that, but it is, it's all a part of this guilt and shame because you want to be the food source. You want to be the one who is providing as best as you can. But at that point, then what did you do? How did you re reframe your mindset or, or decide to choose and go with it? Well, we had to do a very slow transition onto formula. So I was doing mostly breast milk and then adding like an ounce of formula and then slowly increasing over like a two week period. And I realized during this time that I was breastfeeding more for myself than for my baby. Like he loved the bottle. He loved the bottle. He would breastfeed. Okay. But then when it came to the bottle, he was like, 
you know, grabbing for it. At this point, he was older. So he was like grabbing for the formula or grabbing for the bottle. And it hurt my mama heart. It really did. But it, there was one day when I was breastfeeding and there was an old bottle that was sitting on the side table and he stopped breastfeeding and crawled over and was like grabbing for it. And, and that was a very hard moment, but also a very important moment because he told me this is what he wanted. That time difference from when he didn't like the bottle and he refused it and you were grateful to when he was reaching for it. It took about, yeah, I think about two weeks for us to, for him to go from absolutely refusing any formula to chugging down a bottle with only formula. So Mm -hmm. I did do a lot of combination with breast milk and formula, but having him take that first bottle of formula and knowing that my baby was going to be nourished in, in the way that he wanted to be nourished. And he was finally able to not be limited by my supply, but he was able to dictate how much he wanted. And I was following his hunger cues. He, it was just such a sad and happy moment. Cause I was like, finally, my baby's going to be fed. Then there was also a lot of guilt being like, wow, I really should have done this probably like four months ago or even, even more. So I think that's where a lot of women get caught up. It's like once they get over this hurdle of pushing back past the shame or the guilt or whatever, then it's how do I pick? And one of the reasons why I created my guide is because I wanted to take the step-by-step approach of actually choosing a formula. And this is the approach that I wish I had when I was choosing formula. I think the number one thing is understanding the ingredients and then understanding the ingredients that are the must-haves, the nice-to-haves, and then the absolutely not. So different brands will have different like featured ingredients, meaning like this one's closest to breast milk, or we added this in because of XYZ, because of brain development or immunity, different things along the lines of that. So understanding ingredients, knowing which ones you want, um, knowing which ones you don't want, that'll kind of steer you in one way or the other, as in like, some of the controversial ingredients like palm oil, some people don't like it because it's not sustainably sourced, or some people don't like it because there's some studies out there about calcium absorption or causing constipation. So if you don't want to use palm oil, then you're not going to use XYZ brands. You're going to use XYZ brands. So it just kind of helps you narrow and whittle it down with the options that are out there. Or if you're like, I need organic formula that's really going to drastically decrease. You're going to push aside a lot of formulas. So it's really understanding and then whittling it down to something that works for you. So it's not easy because there's not a lot of, it's not one option like breastfeeding. That's one option. There are 50 different options and your baby may thrive on all 50 different options, but how do you narrow that down? So I think that's what I did in my guide. Yep. I think it also kind of like I can connect it to something that I'm experiencing because I'm not yet a mom. So the only connection I have is to what I've gone through. And it's like, so I use a protein shake for myself, right? Right. To to enhance my protein throughout the day. And when I first started out, I didn't really care what kind of protein I had. 
then as my body started going through some medical changes and adjustments, I started looking at the labels and I started going with this other brand that had really good clean ingredients, but it still had whey protein. Then I decided and realized that I didn't want to have dairy anymore because of medical things. Sure. And I also discovered that it just didn't sit well with me. So at that point, I went in search of another protein that didn't have things like dairy. And then right. I even got down to all this. At the end of it, now I just have a protein that's pea protein, period. No, no other ingredients, nothing else. But that I think it's also important to note that just like formula, that doesn't mean that people can be very healthy and have the whey protein that has dairy in it or have sure. the other protein that might have some other things in it. And I think, of course, when we have these precious little babies, we want to nourish their body with everything that we possibly can, especially if it's on Absolutely. a daily, right? Would you say we need to, would you say the stress that we put on it is as much as it should be, or should it just be what's working at the time? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Right, right. I understand. I think finding a formula that you feel comfortable with and that works for your baby is just the most important thing. And also being flexible because sometimes you find the perfect formula with all the ingredients that you want and your baby's going to dictate whether that formula is going to work or not because some babies do have trouble tolerating lactose, even though lactose is the preferred carb source in, in formula. And if we can't use lactose, we need to use an alternate carb source. So that gives us, that's where the sugar comes in and the other alternate carb sources. So you need to do what's right for your baby and your yeah. baby's going to dictate that. So we like to control all the things that we can control and that's great. But if that's not going to work for your baby, there are just a lot more factors than what we want. Absolutely. And it's just hard because it's a time where you're already in a very vulnerable position because you, most people or a lot of people go into it thinking that breastfeeding is going to be X, Y, Z. And if it's not, then, then you have to figure out what your alternative is going to be. And then if that doesn't work out too, it's scary. It's very hard. It's emotionally heavy and makes you feel even more vulnerable during a very vulnerable time. And what about the financial side to it? Because I know a lot of people, of course, want to breastfeed because, hey, it's natural. Absolutely. You don't have to pay for it. So right. what do you say about that side to formula? Right. You need to feed your baby. So even mm -hmm. if it's going to cost more, you have to feed your baby. And there are there's a wide variety of costs with formula. So you can do the very, very expensive subscriptions there are the more expensive subscriptions, or you can do generic and your baby might thrive on a generic or your baby might thrive on the very expensive ones. You just mm -hmm. don't know. But if you're more concerned about finances, it's what's most important. Is it that you have this formula from grass fed cows where they source their DHA in a certain way, is that the most important or is the financial aspect the most important? Because then maybe you want to have a generic formula. And I must say, I love generic formulas. I think they're great. And I yeah. think babies thrive on those just as much as any other name brand formula. One thing that I was curious about is, you know, oftentimes with breastfeeding, there's comfort feeding. 
there's nighttime mm-hmm. feeding. Now, you don't really get that with formula, right? So how do you know that they're getting the right amount and and when? You know, is there anything called comfort feeding with formula? Absolutely. So most of the things that breastfeeding babies are going through, like cluster feeding or like waking up in the middle of the night, dream feeds, things like that, they happen with formula fed babies too. Now, the nice thing with formula fed babies is that you can distribute the workload a little bit more evenly with other people. So that's one thing that's nice about it. But the formula fed babies also go through similar things. Not everyone, but but a lot of them do. Really, it's following hunger cues, making sure you're feeding your babies when they are hungry and then letting them tell you when they're ready to stop and then following that and just not, I guess, force feeding is not a great word to use, but just listening to their cues both ways. And that's, that's with breastfed babies or formula fed babies, bottle fed babies, combo fed babies, all of them. You just want to follow hunger cues, feed when they're hungry and then stop when they're full. How long is a bottle of formula okay in the fridge for if you were to prep it ahead of time? So 24 hours, typically 24 hours. So a lot of people find if they're making, if they're not just doing it bottle by bottle, using like a formula pitcher or some kind of receptacle and then doing it all the night before. So then all the feeds for the rest of the day are prepared and you just take them out as needed. There may be a little bit of extra room for waste there just in case your baby isn't taking the full amount. But once you get into this rhythm and routine, the baby becomes more predictable about how much they're going to take per bottle. Because that made me think if you're able to do something like that, then if there's a comfort feeding at night, you could already have a bottle prepped and ready for that moment so that in the middle of the night, you're not going ahead and prepping a bottle, you know, where of course if you're breastfeeding, you can just pick up the baby and start breastfeeding in the middle of 4 a.m. or whatever. But if you prep it that way, that might be helpful for moms who are formula feeding. Absolutely. So I know that some hacks are putting like a mini fridge in your in your bedroom and then having a a formula station in the kitchen and having a formula station in the bedroom or having if your baby will take like room temperature water just having a water bottle right there so you can just mix it on demand versus having to go through a process or taking up more valuable and precious sleep time okay so i want to now talk about the combination feeding And Mm -hmm. I think that this is both combo feeding with breast milk for those who are able to do that and maybe they just need to supplement some more or once they're starting on solids, combo feeding with solids, right? So walk us through sort of both combinations and how they can be supportive of each other. So I really like combination feeding as an option with breast milk and formula. If you are, if breastfeeding is working for you, Mm-hmm. If breastfeeding <laughs> is working for you, I really think it's a nice option for you to have that that kind of relationship with your baby. It does create a little bit more logistical work because our priority is to maintain your supply while adding in formula. But the nice thing is for moms like me who are very type A and need to know how much your baby is getting, it just can, it was just such a relief because I'm like, oh, now I know that at least my baby's getting 10 ounces of formula a day and then anything else that I'm breastfeeding. Um, But 
like I said, there's logistical issues because some moms are able to go longer periods of time without breastfeeding and some moms can't. Some moms need to feed every three hours to keep their supply up, including in the middle of the night. So there's a lot of trial and error. And if there are dips in supply, then you need to really assess where you're giving formula, how much you're giving and figuring out the process and the routine that works for you. I want to take a moment to dive into this shame and guilt because I think one way that we can protect against this is for those mamas who are like me, aspiring mamas, or even pregnant women, we can hear something like this. We can do a little bit of research and prep ourselves so that if we know, then maybe we don't feel so much shame later on, you know, if we're, right. if we're ready for it. Right. But what are some other things that we can do to really rid ourselves of this? So in our breastfeeding courses, we want to give realistic expectations of what breastfeeding can be like and know that it's it's a journey. It's not hard at the beginning and then gets easier and easier and easier. That might be the case, but not every time. I do feel like it's it's best to be realistic about the amount of babies who end up getting formula in their first year, which is the majority, the, the vast majority of babies end up getting formula in their first year. So if mothers go in thinking that, saying, hey, I'm breastfeeding first and I'm doing all the things so I that I can control for education and knowing how to get a good latch and establishing supply, that's great. But if one, I decide that I don't want to breastfeed because it doesn't work out or I'm on a medication that I can't breastfeed with, or this is just what, what works best for my family, that's okay. And empowering moms to understand when they have the time, when it's not as stressful, not, not so dire to understand the ingredients, learn about a formula and pick one out beforehand. I think doing that and actually having the formula on hand when you deliver is very beneficial because then if for whatever reason in the first few days your baby's weight is decreasing and you need to start on a formula, it's not so scary, right? You're like, yeah. I already have this. I already controlled this. I, I did what I could beforehand. I prepared as much as I can. And now I can feed my baby this formula that I've already chosen, that I already feel comfortable with. And my baby will thrive and my baby's going to gain weight. And so it just decreases a whole lot of stress when you're educated and empowered to prepare for all situations. That's a really good tip that I would definitely not think about because I would right. do the same thing. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, my goal is to breastfeed. But the last thing that you want to do three days, one day, one week, two weeks, one month into being postpartum is now have to do this research on formula <laughs> that right, can right. talk about the stress and the frustration that you might feel and you might end up choosing something that you're not happy with or right. Yeah. Or feel like you're making the wrong decision because there's so many options. Absolutely. You're like, is this right? Is this, do I want, or, or you give your baby this formula for, you know, a month and then you end up looking in the ingredient list and you're like, oh, I didn't know this had X, Y, Z in it. Um, do I feel okay about that? Do I not feel okay about that? Am I doing the right thing for my baby? Am I not doing the right thing for my baby? There's a lot of different compounding things that can happen. So if you have your plan A and plan B and plan C, that's really the best approach. 
I didn't do it when I was pregnant. I didn't think that giving formula was an option for me. I, I prepared breastfeeding. I prepared by reading books and doing classes. And then I went through all the things, even though I talk about formula all day long, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do XYZ brand versus another brand. So I was in the same place and you just don't have a lot of time to put, <laughs> put the, you're, yeah. you're so worried about so many other things and sleep deprivation and feeding in the middle of the night. You don't have a lot of time and resources to figure it out. So that's where a lot of this worry and guilt comes in. I love that I was able to talk to you because I think it's so important to have someone talking about formula who's also a lactation counselor and who's also a nurse practitioner and someone who admitted themselves that their goal was to breastfeed and you gave it a go and you tried to make it work. I think that that's important because we're not necessarily, you know, breast is best and all of this stuff that we hear at the end of the day, fed is best no matter what happens with your baby. And the way that you speak about this online and through all the work that you do and calling it baby feeding is a real shift that our whole society needs to take on this mindset and idea of feeding our babies. It's baby feeding. It's not one thing or the other. And that's honestly why I recently made a change in my brand and in my podcast, because it was originally called the pumping podcast. Sure. A lot of people thought that it was just about breastfeeding or just about pumping. And that's absolutely not what it was. It was a totally different thing. But I wanted to really, I am a mama in training. I wanted to cover all the aspects so that we get advice like this, that before we even have the baby earth side, we're doing the research on the formula, picking one out. And so we're ready to go. And that can help ease the upset, the disappointment, the shame, and all of that. You clearly went through all of this yourself. What would be something that you would tell pregnant women that you wish you had known during that time when you were going through that? I, I wish I would have been a little bit more flexible and, and then understanding that you have to figure out what works best for your family. So what works best for your family may not work best for the next family. And it's all individual, just like every kind of parenting decision, everything you do as a mother, it's, it's all based off using the knowledge that you have, making your best judgment call, and then going with it and owning it. So I wish I would have been able to do that a little bit more and having a little bit more confidence in doing what my baby needed versus what I felt like I had to be doing because this is what I was told that I had to be doing. I, I had a lot of embarrassment because I was in this lactation course and working with these moms in my clinic and I didn't see the signs myself. I just felt like this was the only option for my baby and nobody else cared, right? Nobody else cared except <laughs> for me. It was all this internal pressure that I put on myself and nobody was really judging me. There are people that do judge and you do feel that from family members or people that are not in your circle or your family, but you have to figure out what's, what works for your family and, and then stick with it. 
my goal in this episode was to really shine a light on formula feeding. So many people have reached out to me and said that they wanted to hear about formula feeding. And I think that's all rooted in this shame and guilt that comes with, I'm not enough because I didn't breastfeed. And that's absolutely not the case. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so if people who are listening want more specific guidance and step-by-step tools for being able to select a formula, which as Aaron said, it's best to do before you're even pregnant or while you're pregnant so that you get that out of the way, you can go ahead and check out in the show notes, Aaron's baby formula guide. I have that link posted. And then where else can people find more information about you, Aaron? You can go to my website, which is just www.babyfeedingcoach.com or I'm mostly on Instagram at babyfeeding.coach. And I reply to all my DMs. So yes, she does. <laughs> I, 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 that is one thing I'm here to connect with moms and I'm here to help people when they're in this vulnerable time frame. So I will do everything I can to answer your questions. Soon I will have one-on-one coaching calls to help figure this period out. So whether it's mm-hmm. figuring out a schedule for combination feeding or it's figuring out what formula is best for your baby or a combination of really whatever you want to talk about. I yeah. love that. Well, Erin, thank you so much for giving us the time to really kick through the, the shame and guilt that's, that's felt around this topic. And I hope to see more of this out there. And if any moms I, are I listening. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. And if any moms are listening and are feeling this, really check out Erin, check out her Instagram. It's really powerful and inspirational. And I hope that we were able to sort of shine a light on something that shouldn't be in the dark so much. So Erin, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at Mamas in Training on Instagram and at mamasintraining.com. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.